Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I am sitting across from, as always, renowned dendrologist, heck of a man, Casey Clapp. Wow, Alex, that's really sweet of you to say. Thank you. You're most welcome, Casey. I have bad news for you. Uh-oh. Right before we started, you said, Casey, are you ready? And I typed some things, and I pressed enter, and I said, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm not ready. Okay. Well, I'll fill some time. This is like when uh, on Wayne's World, when when uh, Garth is is on there by himself. Yeah, and, and he's he like just, he has a meltdown. He doesn't know what to do. Doesn't know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh, I. I am ready. There's no problem. I will. I'll do this afterwards. Okay. Um, I'm getting a PDF of something called the Measuring Guidelines Handbook of which you'll become very familiar in moments. Is this the new Sibley guide? Is this like going to replace the Sibley guide <laughs> in is. our canon? Yeah, everyone. We, with this one, though, they're going to pay us uh, to push, unlike Sibley. <laughs> Ungrateful bastard. Uh, the, as far as I've gone with, with David Allen Sibley is to DM his Instagram account and ask <laughs> yeah. if he would like to be on our show. Uh, it probably yeah. went unseen, like many of our DMs go. Yeah, it's true. We're working very hard, though, just to be very clear. Casey... Uh, we have a tree to talk about today. Yeah, we sure do. Um, it is one that I have heard of before, but don't have mm-hmm. much familiarity with. Okay. It's been okay. requested much. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, and upon re- doing my bit of research for Croson's Homegrown Trivia, which will come later, mm-hmm. I have learned to already like this tree. Wow. It is. Uh, known by many names. I was say, choose anyone. <laughs> choose anyone. I can see you're trying to say, which one do I want right there now? There was a wheel spinning yeah. in my head as <laughs> I was... Gonna, you're going to set a precedent right now, Alex. This is the tulip tree. Well done. One word. One word, tulip tree. Two words, tulip poplar. Yes. Two words also, tulip yellow poplar. Yes. That's three, but yeah, really... I've seen yeah. yellow poplar. Yeah, yellow poplar. But you know what I learned about this? Is that name, uh, so Liliodendron literally means the lily tree. Right. That was provided by uh, none other than Carl Linnaeus. And uh, yeah, the OG uh, writer of our commonly accepted taxonomy in a scientific way. Right. He uh, called it that because obviously we call it the tulip tree. They thought the flowers back then looked more like lilies. Kind of is, you know, who cares, neither here nor there. Sure. But uh, that is kind of what people call it. They say that because they think it looks really pretty and nice as a tree. But in the trade for like uh, lumber, 
it's more common to say yellow poplar because they they don't like to add in the the lumber trade often like specificity to things mm. like yellow pine is like several different species of pine tree in fact sometimes then you just say fir and it's like a bunch of different true firs and douglas fir and they they kind of uh, homogenize things for the trade is it because to in in wood terms those trees that you might call fir trees all behave the yeah, same way. Exactly. They have a lot of like wood properties that yeah. are similar. Okay. Well, yeah. Casey, I have plenty to say about the wood. Ooh, I want to hear this, Alex. But first, let's Ooh. imagine, as we do every episode, okay. Okay. that you and I are walking through an Appalachian forest. Oh. Excuse me. Appalachian. Appalachian yeah. forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appalachian. Uh-huh, yes, the, the way the French originally named it. Uh, and we come across some... Tulip poplars. Ugh. Some tulip trees. Excuse me. Mm. Oh, this is going to be a mess. I can yeah. just tell. Hey, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, you can choose any name. This is uh, your own Alex taxonomy, remember. Let's settle on one to, to quell confusion. Mm. Tulip um, tree. Tulip tree. That's what I think. We come across some tulip trees. Casey, mm-hmm. let's ID this tree. Well, This Alex, tulip tree. It is a gorgeous tree. So I'm, I'm going to start with the bark on this because these trees get huge. Uh, and so the first thing you're probably going to see is a bark of this tree. And this bark looks actually quite similar to the tree of heaven bark, in my opinion, except it gets a little bit more furrowed a little bit quicker. Is this sort of the diamond pattern? Yeah, exactly. It's got that kind of diamond pattern, but instead of staying like kind of flat, the diamond pattern of the tulip poplar gets way bigger and thicker with huge ridges on it. Cool. And again, it looks like there's a bunch of like crossing X's that kind of come up in that diamond pattern. Yeah. But it's a really light gray, very uh, uniform going all the way up the tree. And, and you can see it like moving and getting bigger and thicker as you go down, but it still maintains that easy pattern the whole way up. You you had used a great describer to to describe this, uh, this diamond pattern uh-huh. as like on the back of a truck. Yes. Like yeah. a toolbox the on the back of a plating. truck, the diamond plating yeah. pattern. That is what I, I see. I think that's pretty, that's pretty great. I would say maybe it actually might be, um, almost a little bit inverse. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, what's the embossed yes. versus, uh, uh, the opposite of that. Hmm. Exuded. Or yeah. Something? Let's say exuded. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah. In, instead of the diamond shapes being, coming out uh-huh. they're inset yes so the parts coming out are the lines between the diamond shapes that's exactly it yeah wow i hope i hope you know i hope that was there were more more pros to that description <laughs> than cons yeah i think so honestly let's just assume that there is okay so you see this bark you look up the tree and you see some leaves coming down from some some very unlikely but possibly low-hanging branches here we go leaves oh my god i call these and this is how they someone in one of my id courses years ago not that i was also taking um they described it as the felix the cat yeah and i call it a cat face tree and this is how we remembered what it looked like yeah so if you have this uh i'll describe the leaf it's alternately arranged um along the stem it is a simple leaf and it is in one of the uh rare boats that it actually has a truncated top a truncated top of a leaf or tip is like flat this one not only is it flat it's actually a little inverted 
Right. So usually you, you'd expect that main vein going very, or through the middle. Yeah. That would be the, the longest point, right? From the, the bottom of the petiole out that main vein. Uh huh. You usually think that's there's going to be some tip, you know, the tip of the oak leaf, the tip of the maple leaf. Mm-hmm. In this case, there's actually veins that come off left and right at essentially 45 or a little bit less degree angles. And then they grow up like two little cat ears. Yeah. Higher than that middle point. So they, they would have that term for it. It's a really unique look. I, yeah. I've, I've never seen a leaf look like this. It almost looks like an oak leaf. Uh-huh. Like a red oak. Yeah. But yeah. if you snip the 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 middle tip. Yeah, you just the cut middle that off. lobe. It's and, exactly right. And so it's got this little this little cat cat ear shape yeah. to it. And then Felix the cat of the cartoon fame had like those jowls that yes, came out. Little tufts of hair on yeah. his cheeks. And that is what this has. And so if you just draw um, a little smiley face and some uh, uh, little whiskers coming out, two little eyes, it looks exactly like a Felix the cat face. Just wonderful. Yeah. I'd like to give my first Croson stump of approval hey, to this leaf. All right. That's a that's a that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a good uh, Fagoosh. Thank you. I, I actually I had to remember exactly what what <laughs> wow. my sound was. I knew I knew I was going to make a sound, but my you know like if you think too quickly about something, uh-huh. then it doesn't come naturally. You think too quickly, it yeah, doesn't or come like naturally. not too quickly. You don't think quickly enough. You just or you think about it. You know, <laughs> you overthink it. Yeah, you overthink yes. it. I, I was overthinking, it, and I was like, "Fagunch." Oh shoot, what am I supposed to say? I forgot. <laughs> Fagush. <laughs> uh Yes, these these leaves are one of a kind and they so really cool. Are, are yeah. there any other trees that have this sort of inversed tip? You know, there are. I can't. Or what, th- what we'll call an innie. Yeah, I think there are a lot of innies out there. There, mm-hmm. there certainly are some that I don't know about. The tropics, again, have just about everything oh, all over the place. Sure. Um, but there's the a species of tree that they believe this actually came from, uh, which is some, some kind of curious uh, taxonomy in the fossil world um, that they call the... Uh, Archianthus that mm. they found, and there's a, a uh, article we'll link to from 2013. It shows the leaves of these, which actually look kind of like um, a horseshoe, where the mm. middle like almost stops, and then the veins on the left and right just keep going up. Wow! Like, it looks like a samara, double samara from a maple tree, or you know something like that. Big mustache, you know, with a petiole at the other side. Oh, like a handlebar. Yeah, 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 exactly. So cool. there at least used to be way more plants that look just like that. But for the most part, it's, it's kind of rare, especially in North America. You don't see very many plants that have that, that truncated top like that, that, that any. Right. Interesting. Well, Casey, let's talk about the namesake of the tulip tree. Mm, as we should. The fleur. Oh, Alex. Not a tulip, I guess. Not a tulip. In the technical sense, it is, in fact, neither a tulip nor a poplar. Probably not a tree, but we're gonna we're gonna say it's a tree. I'm just kidding. It's a tree. Again. Wow. Yeah, sorry. I, I really thought you were throwing a curveball. <laughs> no, it is. It is. In fact, uh, as we will discuss, it is a very uh, it fits the definition in spades. I'm excited to hear why. Well, Alex, this flower <laughs> it has a trunk. It, it has a and trunk. leaves <laughs> and. Is and, tall. And is tall. Any other questions, Alex? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, this flower. Have you Googled it? Yes. Okay, everyone else Casey, out there. Casey, hold have on. Have you Googled it? Usually I have to Google things. Uh-huh. I, I know the tulip tree's mm, tulip. You pre-Googled. 
No, what? I've seen it in real life, motherfucker. You have? Yeah. Oh my god. I go outside. Oh, hold I on. look at things. Hold on, Alex. Wait, the only <laughs> alternative to me having googled this was googling it before. <laughs> really? Well, you didn't you know. just maybe try to assume that I'd seen one in real life. It's mostly that many times we talk <sighs> about a tree, and I'm like, "Have you seen this?" And you're like, "No, I, I've never seen it." So I just I jumped the gun there. I, yeah. I admit. The podcast regrets the air, Alex. You should apologize. I'm sorry, I did. <laughs> no, Casey, there are there are several tulip trees uh, on the street adjacent to my building. Yes, there is. Um, and wow, these flowers are also unique, I feel. Yeah, they really are. They also seem sort of old. They look they look archaic to yeah. me. Yeah, honestly, that's a really good descriptor of it. Descriptor of it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the anatomy of this flower. Okay. So this flower is uh, so there's a little bit of taxonomic like who who done it who what's it. Uh, they believe that this is initially a very old flower that developed from the magnolias. Right. So it's in the magnolia family. But magnolia. That, yeah. Magnoliaceae. Magnoliaceae. Yeah. You're right, but the science you got the genus correct. Yeah. I was I was stopping at the, the two thirds away through yeah. the word to let you finish it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, that's called partnership, Alex. Thank you. That's what that is. Yep. So this it has this uh this central main kind of uh pyramidal growth in the middle. Yeah. And that release or that is what is the um the pistol. So that's where all of the uh pollen would actually grow or go into and pollinate the middle of that kind of little uh, top. On the outside, just outside of that, is all the stamen that release all the pollen. Then outside of that is the uh, all the petals. And the petals usually have like a creamy white top or tip of them. Yeah. And the base, they kind of fade to this like fiery, you know, reddish orange looking flame mm-hmm. effect. And it looks really, really similar to a modern day tulip with those, uh, the bases of the tulip, uh, petals having those like like uh almost they look like fire they actually do look like flames kind of shooting up yeah. and then they they transition to a different color at the top is that like a form of variegation yeah i think it would be yeah okay. in a technical sense yeah, yeah. or just you know a, a coloration a lot of times flowers do that and to the insects that they're looking to get in it actually almost looks like a landing pad like it calls them in and points to right where the goods are mm. i i, I want to say about this flower it, I think it also looks much like the leaf. It looks very mm. unique to me. Yeah. This middle section, mm-hmm. uh, this cone yeah. in the middle, and then these stamen. Uh, yes. Surrounding it. Uh huh. And then the petals on the outside, and kind of it's. I've I've been rewatching a replay of um of the classic nineteen ninety four point and click adventure Riven. Are you oh, familiar with this game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, you, do you remember Mist? Yes, I do remember it's Mist. It's the sequel to Mist. Oh, so you're I see. more familiar with it than you think. I, turns out I am. My sister really liked playing that. I could never get on board because I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't have the patience to sit there and riddle my way through it. Oh, yeah. I, w- I mean, I was I was like seven years old when I attempted to play yeah. it. And I, I have a very heartbreaking story about Riven, but it's for another time. Oh, okay. But to me, this flower looks like a puzzle of some kind. Like you would come across it and it's like, 
this oh, has this strange yeah. sort of like ethereal mm. quality to it. Like, ooh, who made this? Who put this here? Yeah, why? Yeah, like mm. I look at it and it's just very curious looking. That is really interesting. Uh, that's a very interesting perspective. It doesn't look like many other flowers I've seen. It truly doesn't. And honestly, that I think is really what sets this apart. And I think um, as we talked actually uh, earlier this week, we chatted about the fact that um, magnoliales are like the oldest kind of, of plant. So if you're right. essentially a flowering thing, you're in this big, I think if you're an angiosperm, they have named the entire, was it, it's clade, it's not the family, so it may maybe order, what is it, uh, Kingdom Phylum? Maybe the it's whole, a Phylum? Yeah. It, it, it is uh, named after magnolia because magnolia is accepted as one of the most uh, primitive style of flowers. Like mm. it basically is the OG thing and every other kind of flower basically is is allegedly some kind of variation on that through time. Right. And so this, a hundred million years ago, tulip trees existed. Their lineages were were fully formed. And because there's two species, I should say, that are still extant today, one in China, one in Eastern North America. Mm. So this tree is a an old style. So you're exactly right. Like it kind of looks ancient and old because it is very likely ancient and old and hasn't really modified itself significantly over the last several million years. My favorite part of that, Casey, of, of the, the, uh, the ancientness of the magnolia uh-huh. group, you know, including the tulip tree. Yeah. Um, but magnolia, I know this about southern magnolia specifically, that they are um, pollinated by beetles. Yes, and I don't know if these are. I would bet that they are, in fact. That's, uh, that'd be interesting yeah, to find out. It would be interesting. So I'll, I'll do some Googling on it, but I didn't focus on that today because, A, this flower is just enough in and of itself yeah. to look at. But two other things that are fun about this uh this little flower. So that middle, um, that middle cone. Yeah. That is essentially a bunch of different carpels, like we talked about last week. So that would be what is considered a multiple fruit, where there's a bunch of different individual. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, this is an aggregate where it's one flower with a bunch of carpels in the middle, and then as the uh, the whole thing gets pollinated. The flower petals kind of close up, kind of go and degrade and look like they just kind of go uh, get old and die, and then they fall away. And then this cone, this entire time, has been growing from maybe an inch or half an inch tall. Cone-shaped Cone-shaped, you're right, thank you. This cone-shaped thing, which is, you know, in the middle, Yes. uh, that is the ovary, and that's the the receptacle where the flower is kind of attached to. And then, whoop, it gets bigger and taller, and then splits off into a bunch of individual um, little Samaras. And all those little things will just fall apart piece by piece, and uh, those are all the seeds. Is this the brown husky thing? Yes. Okay, this thing. With all those long, like, like straw things coming out of yes. it? Yes. Yeah. This same thing happens with magnolias. Uh, yes, except the magnolias get bigger, and they that whole thing doesn't end up falling apart. The magnolia gets bigger and then opens up, and the seeds pop out. So it's it's all stays together, which is why the magnolia is this aggregate fruit as well. Right. But it's all fused together and it doesn't split apart. It just splits open. Okay. So yeah, you're exactly right. Look, that's fantastic, Alex. Casey, how about some Croson's homegrown trivia? Hey, that's what I'm in the mood for right now. All right. Well, I have a thesis statement that I'll get to at the end of this whole thing. Ooh. Um, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you some some ideas first of some some different oh. facts about this tree. All right. All right. Hit me with it. All right. So. 
let's start with the wood. The wood is extremely uh, prolific. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But it's never, I, I, I wouldn't say from my research that it's chosen for its good looks. <laughs> it's chosen for its, its workability. Yeah, it, yeah, that's true. Uh, we should add, it grows really fast. Yes. It's a very fast growing tree. Yes, it grows very fast. Yep. And it is a, uh, it grows very straight and tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot of lumber out of one tree. And it is a, ooh, what is this? Hmm. Early succession tree? Yeah, that's exactly right. So well in, a, in a place that's, uh, uh, what, is like uh, cut D- and, or burned? Yeah, some disturbance has, has left it uh, able to be colonized by new plants. Yes, and the, the tulip poplar will be among the first yes, to take off. that's exactly right. Uh, it, it's, it's, got, it's, got the, it's got the gumption. Yeah. Um, so... I would call this utility wood. Ah, yes. Okay. We, we talked about mm-hmm. utility bark that's just sort of there. Yep. Just does a purpose. I, I'm going to call this utility wood because okay. here's, a, here's a short list of the things that you can make with this wood. Okay. And, and see if you can find a theme. Mm. Pallets. Ooh, okay. Crates. Okay. Furniture frames. Uh-huh. Paper. It's a good paper tree. Mm, okay. Makes sense. Uh, plywood. Okay. Houses. Ah, uh, whole houses. Yeah. Baskets. Okay. Flooring and fencing. Ooh, so everything here seems a utility, which yes. I believe was your, your your first, you know, note. That's right. But also a lot of it seems like it's the the we don't care what it looks like. Precisely. You know? It's Casey. all like either hidden or painted or underneath something purely utilitarian yeah you don't need right. the a, a shipping crate does not need to look beautiful yeah you just need it to do its job it, it just needs to be a shipping crate gotcha um historically and uh i'm, I'm sure today also uh, the cherokee tribe of north america and modern like bushcraft communities uh-huh. really revere this tree this is a utility utility medicine tree oh wait is this are you come are you coming up on this uh, thesis statement? We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> so as far as medicine, uh, this the tulip tree was used for parasitic worms, mm. diarrhea, cough, rheumatism, uh, gastrointestinal distress. Hey, give me some of this stuff. Yeah, right. Just go eat. Uh, fever, snake bite. Um, wow, that's everything. Poultices, uh, fractured limbs, boils, dermatological issues. <laughs> This is a one-stop shop. Anything that ails you. Wow. Is this is like I had no uh, idea. If you go to the doctor and they don't really know what's wrong with you, but you obviously have symptoms. Uh, they'd be yeah. like, uh, tulip tree. Yeah. What what it used to be, they would just give you a little cigarettes and cocaine. It right. actually. So that's the same for uh, the tulip tree. <laughs> well, it looks like you, you, your nerves are a little shaky. Here, take some American spirits. Yeah. Calm yourself down. An ounce of opium. <laughs> yeah. Just to just to get yourself straight. Yeah. So tulip pop tulip tree. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, utility medicine, utility wood. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, this makes sense. My favorite, my favorite bit about this, um, because it grows so fast, mm-hmm. it's so light mm-hmm. and flexible. Yep. I read the word elastic. Ah, okay. Easily worked. Yep. Perfect tree for dugout canoes. Yes, I read that also, which I thought was it, apparently they called it. Uh, like when first settlers came by and they saw mm-hmm. the Cherokee probably specifically, they made so many 
dugout canoes with this tree alone. They called it the canoe wood tree. Wow. Or just canoe wood. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're in a pinch and need a quick canoe, chop down a tulip tree. Yeah. Dig it out. Dig it out. Put it on the water. You're good to go. Have I ever told you I really want to do that? I, I would love to to take a class or learn about how to make that. Wow. Over here, the same tree uh, or the same uh, canoe would be made out of western red cedar. I thought it might, Casey. Yeah. Well, some people also would use birch, but they use birch bark to make canoes okay. also. But that would be so, so interesting to, to A, see the difference, and then B, to actually use one and, yeah. and make that happen. It'd be so exciting. Yeah. And the, the, the green is also really fine. Yeah. Um, so it makes for good for good water sport. Okay. So this is, I think, uh, you're... All right. I'm. I'm. Well, actually, you haven't exactly explicitly said it. Well, there's one word that that kind of sums up the uses of the tulip tree, and that is utility. Utility tree. Utility tree. It's a utility tree. Yeah. Oh my God! It's a utility tree. <laughs> uh, and know, with that, yeah, <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, ironically, we don't use it for utility poles. Uh, wow, yeah. that is the ultimate irony. Yeah, Casey. exactly. Honestly, good for it. I bet you the tulip poplar's like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, don't label me. Yeah, I'm not going to be a part of your system. We don't want to pigeonhole the utility tree by making utility <laughs> pulls. It's a little too on the nose. It's a little, yeah, it, it, it does. It, it, ironically, uh, I think it narrows it too too much. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well done. Casey, we got lots more to say about the tulip tree, but it must happen after a short break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the tulip tree, a.k.a. the yellow poplar, a.k.a. the yellow tulip poplar, a.k.a. the tulip poplar. A.k.a. the tulip tree. A.k.a. the cat face tree. There's a lot of names for this, Alex. Send your other AKAs to arbitrarypod at gmail.com <laughs> for what you call this tree. It might be featured on our next Instagram post. Casey. Alex. Yes? Oh, no. I was just re- I was responding to you. Oh, I was setting you up to talk about this tree. Ah, all right. All right. <laughs> let me, uh, okay, let me, let me give you some numbers here. Let me just give you some numbers. Numbers. Yep. No context? No context. All right. Let's hear it. 362 inches. Okay. 139 feet. Mm-hmm. 78 feet. Okay. 521 points. Okay. What do those mean? Uh, let's see. Can I carry that? I'm going to say 11 
meters is the answer. All right. You are 100% incorrect. Wouldn't that be amazing if I wasn't? Yeah, I would. I'd be like, oh my God, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been like pretty stunning. Like a mint all right, so here is here's what those uh, what those all mean. Uh, the trunk circumference of one tulip poplar tulip tree is 362 inches. Around is what that is. All right, I'm going to do some quick math, and by that I mean okay. pull up a calculator. Sounds 326 good. inches. Yep, 326. I'm sorry, no, 362. Okay, it's about 30 feet. 30 feet. Now, that's 30 feet around. On that same Wait, thing. what the hell? 30 feet? Yeah, around. Oh, my God. Now, I want to hold on. It actually, that makes it feel way bigger. You, you're familiar with uh, uh, pi, PR or uh, uh, pi R squared and all that uh-huh. uh, diameter, essentially. So, uh, if you were to take that circumference and go into a calculator again, that's like yep. uh, circumference to diameter... Let's see what that is. Okay, so I've put in 30 feet circumference, mm-hmm. with a, and it gives us a diameter of 114 inches. 114 inches. Why would they do that? That's very frustrating. Changing the units on us? 9.5 feet. Very, very unscientific. 9.5 feet, Alex. Yes. That is pretty, wow. pretty impressive. That's a diameter. And to me, diameter is way more impressive as like a number. Even though it's not quite as big, it actually gives me something to like conceptualize. It's way easier to visualize. Yeah. And then because of this, uh, it's like 3R pi or 3 pi R or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, what am I saying? Pi is 3.14. So if you are trying to calculate the um, diameter from the radius, it's the radius is usually three times-ish. The I'm sorry, the circumference, the circumference is usually 3.14 times the size of the diameter. I'll be honest, I'm losing interest really fast. I know, it's okay. This is It's the, draining like a tub. This is the best part about our, our show. Is I that feel I like just I... bring you down to the brink and then pull you back up, Alex. <laughs> it's like a real hero's journey. Yeah, it really is. So what I'm describing to you right now is the way uh, that we calculate, we being uh, this group called American Forests, mm. calculate the champion trees of the United States. Champion tree. Yeah, champion tree. Hold on. Oh, is that a, is that a plug in that drain I just saw? Yeah, <laughs> looks like things are filling up again, Alex. Ooh, Alex likes the word champion. <laughs> uh, what is a champion tree? Oh, a champion tree is the biggest. Is the only way you can do it. Like that's mm. that's the best way to say it, but it's really not even that accurate. Okay, um, it's the biggest tree of its species in the United States, specifically the territory, the political territory boundary lines of the United States. Okay. Yeah. So a, cha- a champion tree is just the largest specimen of a species of tree. Yes. On record within the United States. Uh, correct. But as I was kind of saying, there's a little bit of a misnomer there. So you remember that very last word that I, I said, um, 521 points. Yes. What is points? So that is how the, this whole thing is calculated. So you take X, which is the tree trunk circumference in inches. You multiply that by Y, the tree height in feet. And you multiply that by Z divided by four, which is the tree's average crown spread divided by four. 
Now, this is the definition of completely arbitrary. Yes, it is. Oh, my God, Alex. I'm so glad you brought that up. Holy shit. That equals the total points, of which <laughs> the points the, uh, the tulip tree, Liriodendron tulipifera, uh, one that is in, um, I think it's in Virginia somewhere. Okay. Uh, this tree is the champion tulip tree at 521 points. Wow. Yeah. Not... The biggest. There are more taller trees. There are more wider trees. I should rephrase. Someone's going to be upset that I just did it. There are taller trees. There, there are, are wider, wider trees. trees. And there are trees with probably a bigger spread on average. However, when you do all that point stuff, uh, adding it up, it's those things all weighted in a certain way to make it the champion tree. So it's like the biggest and the tallest mm. and the, the widest in terms of crown spread. This tree satisfies the algorithm. Exactly. It is exactly an algorithm, I think, by literal definition. Yeah. And so when we first wanted to talk about this tree, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, this tree's great. It's like, it's the biggest tree of the broadleaf trees in North America. Wow. And you were like, wait a second. What about the beech tree? Because I think I asked you, which one do you think is the biggest? And you said, yeah, probably a beech tree. Yeah. And In my experience, beeches are fucking massive. They are. They're really massive trees. But their crown spread is way bigger than probably what most tulip poplars would be or tulip mm. trees would be. Um, but the tulip tree would grow way, way taller. Okay. I think the tallest one is like 190 feet tall. It is the tallest broadleaf tree in Western or in anywhere in North America. It's hard to even comprehend. It's really huge. Uh, imagine all of our conifers that grow out here. Think of like the biggest one and the tulip tree could be like hanging out with it. That's incredible. Yeah. Some of our really, really big ones, a lot of our Douglas firs can get well over 240, 250 feet tall. Um, but if you go to a reasonable old, reasonably large size forest, it will be nothing but gigantic conifers. And then if you had the biggest tulip poplar, which grows in the Appalachian Mountains and mm -hmm. the Great Smokies, it would be brushing shoulders with these, with these giants. You wow. Know? Still maybe 40 or 50 feet short, but- it would be taller than the biggest big leaf maple, to my understanding. It'd probably be taller than all the alders, any of our Oregon white oaks, things like that. Yeah, so uh, 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 trees with needle-like leaves. Yes. What's the word I'm looking for? Conifers. Conifers. Yeah, we'll okay, just go yeah, conifers. Sure. Their strategy for growth yeah. is a spear headed into the sun. Correct, yeah. And broad, broadleaf trees generally are more uh they're more they more outstretch their arms yeah um instead of grow straight up but it sounds like the tulip tree sort of has both of these worlds happening in within you know, its genes yeah it kind of does but it actually took the first form that you're talking about and what that is is that is two different terms of the way trees grow one is called excurrent growth and then the other is called decurrent growth okay so an excurrent growth grows straight up. It has that central main leader with branches that come off of it. Whereas a decurrent growth grows out like this, sure. where you have everything kind of growing up and out at the at the same time. So a tulip poplar is excurrent. It has more of an excurrent form, which oh. matches that of all the conifers, which have that nice strong central leader. Whereas the other ones, it's the classic um, kids draw trees. You have yeah. a triangle on a stick, and you have a circle on a stick. Right. That would be 
X current versus D current, respectively. Interesting. Okay. So um, that's why it can get so tall. It's just like it's it's competing and it's just growing straight up. They usually have that nice big central trunk. They grow fast. They grow straight. Mm. They're good lumber trees, like you said. And so that got me thinking. I was like, wow, okay, cool. And I think the only other trees that get like up to this height easily are like the um, eucalyptus trees. Mm. A couple other trees, maybe from some European, old European forests. Um, you're certainly going to find uh, one or two down in the tropics that get, you know, really huge and high really fast. But for a temperate tree, the tulip tree is like, pun intended, head and shoulders above the rest. Okay. They just grow massively. So then I started looking around and I was like, okay, cool. What are the big trees around here? Because, you know, you look up big tree and then you obviously come all the time to this group called American Forests. Can we pause real fast? Yeah. What was the pun that you were intending? Oh, the pun that was uh, head and shoulders above above the rest uh-huh. because they grow so tall. Is that... That's not really a pun, is it? They grow head and shoulders above the rest. Trees trees don't have heads and shoulders. They don't that really would be... do they? I don't mean Ooh. to call you out, but I, wow. di- I did bump up against that, and I haven't been able to hear anything <laughs> you've said since. It's an anti-pun. That wasn't a pun. It just They grow head and shoulders above it. It was a metaphor. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like an anti-hero yeah. of, of puns. Sorry. I, I didn't realize that threw you off so hard. It's the Walter White of puns. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. That's exactly what I just did. Anytime uh, someone says pun intended, I pay very close attention. Yeah, okay, that's I want to hear this pun. Yeah, I want to I want to see how good it was, pun yeah. intended. I guess head and shoulders. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I thought that maybe I was uh, making some something about uh, them being taller than everything else. Sure. Which I was, but it's not a pun. It's not a pun, Case. Where did we uh, leave off? We were leaving off at American Forests. American Forests. Yes. Now, have you heard of this organization before? No. Well, Alex, American Forests is a it's an it's a an advocacy and kind of a research group um, that's been around for a really long time, and they initially are trying to way back when basically make advocacy for forests and for trees uh, back when no one really cared that much about it they've been okay. around for i think a couple hundred years <laughs> just a, a hundred years maybe <laughs> Sorry, like yeah, an og was, conser- conservation group yeah exactly but they they also are um they're a conservation group but like they're kind of based out of everywhere and so it's it's they've evolved more recently to kind of focus what they're talking about. Like, I remember being like, oh yeah, American Forest. We've looked them up before just for, you know, looking for, hey, who should we reach out to about what we're doing? Something like that. And I was like, well, honestly, we shouldn't really go for them because they don't really, and then I paused and I was like, I don't even really know what they do. Can I read their mission statement? Yeah, please do. American Forest creates healthy and resilient forests from cities to large natural landscapes that deliver essential benefits for climate, people, water, and wildlife. We advance our mission through forestry innovation, place-based partnerships to plant and restore forests, and movement building. There you go. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. That's a big mission. Yeah. But historically, the only thing that I really knew them for is like the thing that they did, aside from all the rest of this, is like, you know, an advocacy kind of group in a way, was they manage and maintain the Register of Big Trees. Wow. You ever heard of that? Uh, No, a second thing I've never heard of. Well, Alex... So this uh, this is uh, this is kind of essentially where I uh, started like shooting off into um, as we were uh, doing some research on this. There is oh. what we call a register 
of big trees. In, I, I have found the trees. register, Casey. <laughs> oh, my God. It is a six-page Excel uh, spreadsheet. Oh, wow. You found that? Um, With maybe six-point font. Wow. There are a lot of trees here. There's a lot. And you can... Uh, I. I I'm up on the American Forest website, and I'm looking at uh, their kind of list um, uh, search area. Yeah. So you can filter it by genus, scientific name, common name, the state, um, or by the order. Uh, you can do like, what's the height? What's the highest? What's the crown spread? Trunk circumference points and that kind of thing. This is very interesting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's like a game. But man, so I was looking into this, and a lot of people are always like, "Well, we got their champion tree," and like it's a big, big point of pride. Uh-huh. Each state has one. Um, the the state of Oregon has one that's run by a group of um, arborists, actually local in town here, that collectively um, have a nonprofit called Ascending the Giants, hmm. and they are specifically trying to find all of the champion trees in Oregon of all the species uh, that you can essentially count. And so then you're like, okay, well, cool. How do you measure these trees? How do you, um, how do you find them? They're just like crazy people. They're like, hey, let's just go out into the woods of this old growth area, talk to these old timers who are like, oh yeah, there's a big old tree up there in the spike. Go look at that. They're like Sasquatch hunters. They're like Sasquatch hunters, yeah. And quite literally, they're looking for the biggest footprint of a tree. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow, Casey. And I know Ironically. actually several of these guys. Yeah, they're very ironic. <laughs> Unintended, guys. I mean. Oh, good for me. <laughs> We're going to get here somewhere. So they are, um, they're just really, they're very cool guys. They're arborists and it's, you can do so much to try to figure this out so i i ended up clicking through and i said well where do where do you find the uh the guidelines like what do they what do they do and and how can i maybe get involved mm. they have all this stuff on the americanforest.com but i ended up just going through it a little bit because um i realized a lot of people have no idea how to measure a tree. Yeah. You know how I constantly uh, would, uh, actually, I guess not with you, but in anyone else, I would talk about um, regulations based on size of tree. That I'm sure we've talked about this. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure we have, but maybe, maybe <laughs> I not. mean, you and I personally. Yes, probably. <laughs> Off pod. Well, it turns out that um, a lot of people are like, wait, you mean like height? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. If it's 20 inches in diameter, and then I realize, oh, a lot of people don't know. How do you measure diameter? Well, there's diameter tapes that go around it, but then the question is, well, where around a tree? Do you do it at the base of a tree? Mm. Do you do it at a certain height up the tree? Is it, you know, what if there's a flare on the tree? What if there's two stems that come out from the base? Where do you measure it then? Interesting. What if there's... 30 stems that come out from the base. Then it's a shrub. Exactly. Then it's a shrub, even though it's, you know, 600 feet tall. Yeah. Well, it turns out that this has all been uh, codified years ago. In fact, a lot of this comes from the traditional uh, forestry where they had to say, well, how are we going to know how big a tree is? Because that's how we would pay someone to say, you know, you're going to make this much or you have this much board feet. How do we measure that? Because we pay you per board foot of, you know, timber on this stump you know all this kind of weird jargony stuff so was there like a linnaeus of tree measuring (laughs) there probably was i don't know who it was though all right but most likely but they essentially said at four and a half feet the term used to be breast height where you know forester go over and they say well breast height and you just measure it you know at your chest okay but then people are like well i'm six four this guy's six or five four uh the breast height is now one foot higher or lower per whoever's measuring it. So they decided to essentially standardize that at 4.5 feet 
above <laughs> average grade. Interesting. So then the next question is, well, where's average grade? Out here, most of our trees uh, that are the big, big ones are growing on steep slopes, really steep. Hmm. Sometimes not that steep. Sometimes like you can't even walk without having yourself be tied in or something. Oh, my God. And they would go down and they say, well, we have to figure out where to measure it. Where is the slope? Do we measure it from the top of the slope? At which point, if you go up, the the 4.5 feet from the top of the slope is going to be a smaller diameter than if you go down 4.5 feet or measure it from the bottom side of the slope as the tree gets wider at the base, right? Right. So if you measure it at the bottom... Uh, they assume that there's kind of a, a natural, normal trajectory of how much uh, loss there is in diameter as the tree goes up. Sure, it's so not the- going to suddenly get really, really, really skinny. Yeah, even though a lot of trees actually do. Giant sequoia is a oh. great example where at four and a half feet, they can be like six feet in diameter, mm-hmm. but then they quickly taper down to like two feet. Then they grow straight up at two feet for like, you know, a couple, oh. you, you know, 20 or 30 feet Interesting. tall. So you end up getting a bunch of nuances that can mess with your measurements and really like exaggerate things one direction or another. Yeah. And that is ultimately what um, this whole thing tries to figure out. There's an 86-page document going through everything about how to measure a tree's height, how to measure a tree's circumference, how to measure it with different things and different techniques. Are you climbing the tree and dropping a tape down? From what location do you drop it down? What if the tree is bent over and it has a really intense lean? Do you measure the the stem and how long that stem is or do you measure straight up to straight down mm. they've all they they have this all codified they know they they've decided on a scheme for everything what i what i like to imagine is that if you're measuring trees and you're like oh this one's tricky yeah. We got to call in our rep <laughs> and a representative comes out in like, like the, a uniform. Yeah. Like a little nat- or, uh, American forest insignia. Yeah. You know, you can't get within six feet of them. And he's like the, wo- he's like the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction. This also comes up a lot in arboriculture, where if you are measuring something that is uh, important for some rule in Portland, a, a big threshold is 12 inches and, uh, 20 inches so if you're measuring it uh and the tree is so close to being 20 inches if you measure it perfectly at four and a half feet on flat ground pretty defensible if you measure it and you move it up a quarter of an inch and it becomes say 19.5 inches Mm -hmm. or you move it down a quarter of an inch and then all of a sudden it's 20.5 inches which one is exactly that what if it's on a slope where are you measuring it from and it becomes really complicated, and a lot of times it can be the uh, between 12 and 20 inches in the city of Portland, you can essentially remove a tree. At 20 inches, in certain instances, the city can say, no, you just can't remove that tree. In other instances, you would have to pay inch for inch to remove that tree at 20 inches. So it becomes uh, all of a sudden something where everyone has like a monetary sort of uh, stake in it being one way or the other. I have a question, mm. and I don't want it to sound insensitive, and I don't. I am not looking to ruffle any feathers. So if your feathers get ruffled, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Turn off. If you the were radio. hurt by my statement, I apologize. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. Uh, why does 
any of this matter? Ah. Why are they doing this? For like American forests? Yeah. It's a good question. I'm like this specifically. I think American yeah. Forest has a great mission statement and yes. I approve of all of those acts. Uh-huh. But this specific champion tree thing, mm. it seems it seems like the kind of thing that forestry people wouldn't like. Oh, you mean like coming up with all these specificities and things? Quite specifically, giving oh, points to trees. I see. Uh, much okay. in the way that we do on completely arbitrary. Yeah. So this sounds like, as you noted earlier, this is the this is the organization. This is the OG lowercase completely arbitrary lowercase arbitrary yeah. these these seem like the kind of people who would email us and say i don't know why you guys have a point system it, de- it degrades the meaning of the you know <laughs> yeah so why are they <laughs> what why why do this so that's actually a really fun question for the sake of data i don't think so okay. i i read through their their stuff a little bit um and again you guys should everyone uh we have their website linked on our uh on our website but they essentially, like 100 years ago, wanted to generate some enthusiasm for the public to basically go out and in, in, in inject yourself into nature. Go ah. find these trees. Like, hey, no one knows what the biggest tree of this species is. No one knows what the biggest one in the United States is. No one knows which state has the biggest one. I think at the very beginning, uh, we talked about Douglas fir, mm. and we joked a little bit about this uh, this rivalry that happened between Oregon and Washington, where they essentially one Oregon you know tree. Everyone's like, "This is the tallest, biggest tree." Then all of a sudden, Oregon had the had the the cup. Yeah, we, we had the biggest one. Then Washington's like, "No, we found the biggest tree." So there's a little bit of this like local pride i think that comes with it mm. so they they kind of tapped into that and said who's got the biggest tree and then us being americans everyone's like well we got the biggest tree Eesh. and and kept going so i know it's a little bit cringy when you listen to it but what it has done is it's made everyone go out and actually look at their trees you know what else it did alex it showed how many trees have we've lost because everyone's like oh there's bunch of big trees everywhere and then they go out and measure they're like oh no there's there's not a bunch of big trees everywhere there's like one big tree on this really old farm or in this forest that was never cut or in this forest that was cut what were they like before that what was it like where now there's just a field there must have been these big trees everywhere you know what i mean okay so it kind of gets you to open your eyes a little bit and say wow okay so this is the biggest tree there's only two of these in this entire state that are this size. Oh my God, what have we done? And you know, you kind of get the, uh, once you get the data, it's fun. And you know, some people approach it just like you're saying, like, just let's go out and, and make it happen. Go find what is the biggest tree for the sake of having the data. And there are other people who want to go out and be like, see, this is all we have left. It's a bit of an undercover boss situation. <laughs> Please describe what you mean. Undercover Boss is a reality TV show okay. where the CEO of a company goes and puts on a disguise yeah. and pretends that they're a brand new employee at like the lowest level mm-hmm. to see how their company operates at that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when Kylo Ren did that. <laughs> on SNL. That's so good. Yes, yeah, so you are familiar with the premise. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> 
So the CEO often goes in thinking my company is well run, it's fantastic, everything's great because they're the CEO and they have yeah. very little perspective on the the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they go work as a fry cook and they're like, oh my god, the system is broken. The, we don't pay these people enough. It yeah. all sucks. Health, our healthcare service is bad. Yeah, um, getting their Maserati and never look back. So that's well, I, I mean, in the show they quote you know, have an awakening uh, sort of moment. Yeah. Okay. So that's what they're trying to do here is to get people yeah. to go out and see how bad things have gotten. Right, that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> true. Or if if it's not, I, I don't want to say that, that that is their like explicit mission. You obviously yeah. read that. But I'd be willing to bet that there's a lot of people who have essentially been like, yeah, as a uh, as a um, byproduct, you you kind of go out and you either experience it and just are happier experiencing it. Or you go out and it, it shows you, wow, okay, there really is not that many. And what are there half the time are like a quarter dead or something like that. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, it's you've answered my question. Okay, good. I'm glad uh, to, see, to your satisfaction. We'll see. All right. Wait All for right. the cone score. Yeah, we'll wait. Well, the uh, so I was looking through this because um, as I noted to you earlier, that, uh, that champion uh, tree, the the gigantic Virginia tulip tree mm-hmm. is like 139 feet tall, which is approximately 50 feet shorter, 52 feet shorter than the tallest one. So it's like, well, wait, why is that the champion? Uh. You can go through this and find a bunch of examples where the tallest tree is nowhere near the champion. Even in the redwoods, the, the tallest redwood tree is like, I think several feet in diameter smaller than the biggest redwood tree, which would be the one that has the most volume, right? Right, because there are three measurements at in, yeah, in play here. Exactly. Okay. So it's a really curious thing, and I could never figure it out because I've been involved—not involved, but I've, I've, you know, read these things about champion trees. Uh, one book um, called "Trees to Know in Oregon," which I think is now "Trees to Know in Oregon and Washington," or maybe just the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. put out through Oregon State University. They have uh, this list, and you can go to the Oregon one. Also, are, uh, are listed uh, listed on our website, and it goes through and shows all these numbers for a bunch of different species, um, either native to Oregon or just growing in Oregon. And you're always just like, well, that's not the biggest one. That's not. Well, I guess it is, but what what is this? What is this point system? Like, is it fair? It's very arbitrary. Usually it's very high, but it doesn't, uh, it's their best way to homogenize it when you have a bunch of different trees that are, that grow in different ways and do different things. You have this X current versus a D current growth pattern, Mm -hmm. and some get really wide, but not very tall. Some get really tall, but not that wide. It's like, well, how do you compare those, you know? So it's, it's, you know, it's the best they could do, I suppose. <laughs> oh. Well, we chose Golden Cones of Honor. So, I mean, I guess, you know, at least we put some thought into it. Oh, Lord. We capital just, letters. You just made so many enemies. Casey, <laughs> Casey's opinions do not represent the opinions of the podcast. <laughs> There's a disclaimer here. Uh, that's brilliant. Well, if anyone wants to, uh, wants to get an idea of how this works, it is... There are so many very particular things yeah. in this 86 page. Like there's uh, 86. It's 86 pages. pages. And I went down through the, the measuring tree height section. And Alex, there are equations here that I don't even know how to figure out. Like there's sine equations. This is just one. Uh, the computations are D3 equals 37.5 cosine negative 10.5 equals 36.872. 
And then they do that for a bunch of other things. And then that's, that's like how they figure out, uh, the size and like essentially intense trigonometry Wow! to stand and measure a tree without actually climbing up it. It's pretty intense. And they say, this is, a lot. this is how you do it. Then they go through and say, well, here's some detriments to doing it this way. And like show if you have a tree that is bent over, but then has a big poof on the side away from where it's bent, then it is. it looks like it's taller than it actually is or shorter than it actually is. It's very complicated. Casey, you know what's not complicated? What? A zero to 10 scale. Oh, Alex, of golden cones. That's right, ones. Casey. It's time for a review. That sounds great. Of the tulip tree. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on this tulip tree, this utility tree, and then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, we begin with you. All right. I love, 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 love the tulip tree. It's one of my top favorite trees. Uh, I'll give you some reasons why. Uh, okay. You know how uh, the leaves uh, fall in the wintertime? Yeah, I'm familiar the with the process. time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, the fall. <laughs> yeah. You hey, is it. that why they call it fall? I think so, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I can't 100% confirm that, but I'm pretty sure. It's canon. Wow. So they, uh, uh, the leaves that come from the tulip tree, um, they hit the ground and they decay almost instantly. And they're full of nitrogen. So when they hit the ground, they just become like, bing, every, everything eats them up really fast, mm. all the decay and insects and things like that. So they're really good for habitat. You also noted that they come in uh, as an early successional tree. They grow up really fast. They last for a long time. They're a utility tree. They also help build habitat really quickly and easily. Hmm. Um, Funny thing, uh, if you plant them here in Oregon or almost anywhere, they're great street trees except for one big downfall, Hmm. which is they, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Alex, are a just a buffet for aphids and scale insects and the, the the like. Okay. You know what they what they do, right? The aphids? Yeah. Well, yes, they urinate. They do. And all over the ground and it, cars and stuff. You're exactly right. The sticky I mean it's sugar. It is. It is essentially sugar water. That. It's sugar water. They they drink uh, they tap into the leaves or the plant itself mm-hmm. and they suck out the juices. The sap is essentially what it is. Yeah. That sap is mostly sugar, uh, just like, you know, maple syrup. They will take the trace nutrients that they can get from it, and they have as much sugar and water as they could ever need, and then we call it honeydew. They flick it away. They let it drip away. Yeah. Now, Such this, a beautiful name for such a disgusting thing. Yeah, right? And it's, you know, it's not bad. Ants love it, for sure. Um, but I lived in a house. Had a big, beautiful tulip poplar right in the back corner. You could sit and trying to think how the, the thing would go. Every now and then, you'd get some some shade from it, but it really was uh, it was a big, gorgeous tree. You could see it from miles around. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go sit outside my backyard. I'm going to do this thing. Maybe I'll get on my computer, watch a soccer game, uh, just hang out, read a book. Middle of August, bright, beautiful, sunny day, e. nothing else. And it was physically raining on me. Oh, my God. I was like, wait a second. Is there a sprinkler? Someone... No, no, there's no water. There's not a cloud in the sky. It can't be raining right now. Oh my god, I had to move. It drove me so crazy. That's grotesque. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I, Alex, 
I have a big constitution for these kinds of things. I don't mind being dirty. I don't mind insects raining their urine and feces on me. You heard it here first. Wow. I, you know what Casey wants for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I, I couldn't sit in my backyard. I didn't like it. I was like, we, we got to put something up. And he got over everything. Like there's this little like film on top of all the stuff, all the leaves from everything underneath the tree, uh, like in the little garden boxes and Nasty. everything. I, I, I had to say like, usually whenever someone complains, you know, when I was working at the city at the time, they'd be like, well, you know, who cares? This tree, uh, you know, it's a growing tree. And I'm like, listen, sap coming onto your car. I don't care. It's not an important issue. Just move your car, wash your car, just shut up, and just, you, no, you can't cut your tree down. I now have a place in my heart. I regret being so flippant. Oh, wow. That sucked. If it's on your car, I still don't really care. But if it's in your backyard or your front yard and you can't sit out there without having like something over the top of you so that you don't get completely decimated by f- actual rain in the middle of the summertime. So you had to, oh my God. let me get this straight. Okay. You had to experience the thing that people were complaining about. Yes. In order to understand their complaints. Yes. So you, I guess you learned, you learned, you were, I learned some empathy that day. Yeah. I learned some hard, some hard things. You're not like a naturally empathic person, I guess is what you're saying. I am. I actually usually take the, uh, the opposite. I usually assume that everyone is just, uh, lazy and complaining and, uh, they don't work hard at all. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. You know what? If you just worked harder. No, you're right. You're right, Alex. I learned. I gained just, empathy there. I'm, I know. Sorry, you're not right that I'm a non-empathetic person. I'm just. giving you. I'm giving you shit. Well, so in that regard, insect uh, shit, which you love. Thank you. I love it. He's literally rolling around in it right now. Oh, what? A, what a pig. God. So this one's really, really challenging for me because I love wow. this tree. I think it's a great tree. I love the flower. I think it's excellent in every way except for that big, that big, like very personal yeah. downfall. You do seem troubled like you, you don't know which way you're going to go. Yeah, I should have given my review or like my numbers like 10 minutes ago and I'm still talking, trying to calculate in my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alex says as he looks at the clock. I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give it a 6.2. Oh, wow. 6.2. It feels low. It feels low. I think <laughs> it, it should does. be higher. But you know what? Okay. It can grow and, and I love it. Okay. 6.7. 6.7. I'm going to see, I'm going to keep it there. I'm not going to, I can only do one reversion. Okay. Revision. Give it a half a cone. Yeah. I'm going to give it a half a cone. 6.7 golden cones of honor. 6.7 because elsewhere in the world, it's a spectacular tree. Okay. What do you think? I have no personal attachment or Ooh. unattachment to the for the tulip poplar. I think this is going to make you good. I think this is going to, you're going to have a much more dialed and, and measured uh, review here. I have my number and mm-hmm. very little explanation. Ooh, okay. It's 8.0. 8.0, right there. Eight golden cones of honor. Okay. I like this tree. I think it's unique. It's very old. I yep. love ancient trees. It is ancient age. Um, it's got sort of like, it's got a kind of a double whammy. It's got a unique flower and a unique leaf. I love uh, uniqueness in trees. Mm. I don't like a tree that just looks like every other tree. Yeah. Come on, stand out and press me. Yeah. That's what you're here for. That's what you're here for. What else are you growing for? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't like have a- much more to say. 8.0 <laughs> Golden Guns of Honor for okay. the Tulip Poplar. That was our review of the Tulip Tree. I forget the Latin name. Liriodendron tulipifera. Did we ever say that this episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said it a few times, I okay. think. Okay. 
Casey, it's time for a game. What? Wow, Casey's jaw dropped <laughs> in, a, in a fashion. <laughs> I challenge you to a duel. Wow, Alex, I accept your challenge. However, my hands are very soft. Hold on, let me get my iron gauntlet that yeah. I can slap you in the face <laughs> okay, with. please do. I, I will take off my silken glove. <laughs> However, Casey... Just like other royalty, yeah. you and I cannot fight ourselves. I don't want to. Fortunately, we have the option to choose a champion ah, tree. Okay. All right. I like this. I, I appreciate the idea of uh, um, we would fight to the death, but under no circumstances do I want to die no. nor kill you. No. So we'll, That would mess up the bloodlines. Yeah, exactly. So we'll throw hire the, somebody else. It would throw the realm into chaos. It would. We can't have that happen. Casey, we're going to choose... You and I mm, okay. are going to choose a champion tree okay. from the American Forest lists of champion trees. Wow. However, this battle will take place one week from today. What? If you are listening to this on the Thursday of its release, you, the listener, the fungal associate, mm -hmm. have one week to send us in an email, arbitrarypod at gmail.com, uh -huh. your choice for champion tree. And why? And why? Why will it be the the capital C champion yes. of the champions? Also capital C. We're talking physical strength, mm -hmm. emotional strength. Stamina. <laughs> Stamina. Uh, agility. I, th I think we should also have a beauty contest uh, along with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, you know, a, a we we know you're strong. We know you can lift up a lot of leaves. Uh -huh. But are you stunning? Do you have the dexterity to draw a beautiful portrait? Wow! Just saying, like a wisdom check. Yeah, exactly. You can have like a big, strong, tough tree, but if it's not beautiful, who cares? Am I right? So, you're here's how it works, Casey. We're kind of coming up with this on the fly. Let's yeah. just let's just say it. Yeah, yeah, we had this idea, but we need to workshop <laughs> the it. idea a little bit more. <laughs> That's why it sounds so awkward and stilted. <laughs> so we're gonna we're basically gonna have a tournament of champions. Exactly. Uh, and <laughs> so you, the listener, are gonna send us your your picks for your favorite tree. Yep. Casey and I are gonna collect all of the submissions. We will then go through a list uh -huh. and select a bracket of eight versus eight. Exactly. Over the next couple of weeks. We will have a few matchups. I'll tell you all about them. And we will decide who wins between those matchups and progresses to the next bracket. Exactly. At the end, it will be one versus one in a, ch in a tournament of champions trees, and we will choose the ultimate champion tree. I think this is perfect. And so what we're looking for from you is a species or a specific tree, a, a yes, specimen. Exactly, which also would be a species, but you can you can be that, you know, uh, precise. Yes, however gran granular you want to get. Yep, and then provide us some amount of rationale. We don't want paragraphs. No. Uh, bullet points, maybe. But tweet you, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go more than a tweet, we will actually just delete 241 <laughs> word and on, and then just read to there. Hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the pot. <laughs> why did you waste your words <laughs> and then send it to us give us a couple reasons as to why you think that champion tree will beat all the other champion trees yes uh and then again go to our our link in our website it is listed as 
official register of champion trees go through there find one send it tell us why peruse the list send it to arbitrarypod at gmail.com a-r-b-o-r-t-r-a-r-y pod at gmail.com and in the subject line it would be extremely helpful how about we'll say all submissions must include the subject line tournament of champion trees yes how about that case easy Wow. Easy. We just basically had a brainstorming session live <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Honestly, this is what people want. Do it live, just like that. And I'm very excited to see. And I, I want to say this, too. We're not linking your name as the listener with the tree. You are hereby nominating one of these trees. Yes, correct. So it's not like you and another fungal associate are going head to head in the very end. Yes, it's it is tree. two trees that yes. are being nominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, if you want, let us know if you want us to, to say, hey, we've had this person, this person, some of these people. Because if it's just one person says a tree, we might we might shout you out. Yeah. If it's a million people, we might shout out a few of you. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with that, let the tournament begin! See, here's where brainstorming beforehand comes in handy because this started as a duel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And now it's a tournament. And now it's a tournament. (laughs) Honestly, that's the way all good champion things should be, you know? Yeah. Like someone was like, wait a second, what if that duel was like... 10 times right. those duels. That yeah. was sick. Why don't we do this, but 31 more times? Yeah, exactly. And then everyone's like, well, actually, it sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. I'm so excited for this, Alex. <laughs> I, I love, too, I love making brackets and tournaments. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. The Tournament of Champion Trees 2022 yep. begins now. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This week, our question is from Alexa Glock. Hi, Casey and Alex, says Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Hi, Alexa. I've got a question about hickories. Mm -hmm. Here in my backyard in Virginia, I've got a bunch of what I think are pig nut hickories. Ah, pig nut. Growing all together along a slope. Right now, just one of these trees has catkins. Why don't the others? As a side note, the tree that has catkins now also had a ton of nuts in past years, but I honestly can't remember if the others had nuts too. What gives... Thank you, Alexa. That is a very curious question. So only one of these hickories growing on Alexa's slope uh, is growing a catkin. Is growing catkins. Growing the catkins. (laughs) That's the new uh, reality show. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians, growing the catkins. (laughs) Growing the catkins. Welcome. Um, Casey, what do you think? What would cause one tree to perform its yearly thing and yeah, not the others? That is very interesting. Have I stumped you, Casey? You you might have because uh, well, there's I could come up with a couple reasons, none of which would maybe be the reason. Let's let's brainstorm as we just yeah, did with our game. Exactly. So so here's the big thing. So my first question was like, well, are they monoecious or dioecious? Monoecious, of course, meaning one house, which means all the flowers, male and female, are on one tree, mm-hmm. and then there's dioecious which means there are two trees. One has the male parts, the other has the female parts. And what did you find? Um, It is a monoecious tree. So hickories are all monoecious. Um, However, the big question is, um, why then would only one tree of all of them be growing in making flowers while the others don't. Yeah. I wonder though, if they're all the same, that's the next thing. Some trees, um, basically don't get to sexual maturity until they're of an age. Oh, so this might be the eldest of these trees. Yeah, exactly. This one might be the, the post pubescent tree. Okay. All the rest are like, nah, I'm not making trees right now. Or I'm not making, uh, I'm not making any, any, uh, sex parts. 
call Suzanne Samard. We found the mother tree. Yeah, we did. We literally found it, right? Wow. So in that case, um, it's very common for trees to um, essentially need to grow and um, put all their efforts toward, towards life first. They're like, okay, before I can reproduce, I need to build up enough uh, reserves. I need to get tall enough to compete. And I also need to um, get myself sturdy enough that I'm not just going to break over. Okay. So they have to kind of get those things over. Once they have mastered that, they've built up enough things, it takes X amount of years. Then once they're like 20 years old, then they will start producing flowers. Hmm. I'm making up the number there. Um, so that could be the biggest reason why. It might be that it's the biggest tree, so it just has the most access to uh, light and other resources. Um, otherwise, it could be genetic, where maybe this tree is just it's going at it really hard, really fast. All the rest are kind of like, man, I'll take my time. I'll get there sometime. This could be a champion tree. Yeah, this could be a champion tree. Have they measured it? That's what we need. Follow up, Alexa. Yeah, please. Send us an email champion hickory tree question <laughs> well there you have it. okay yeah so it could be a couple different couple yeah, different things this could be a couple different things and i'm not a hundred percent uh thing or sure but here's a here's an, another quick thing uh it looks like they only start to bear seeds um about 30 years old so it could be that um they just need that much time all the rest aren't quite of an age i think i think i uh i'm gonna make a ruling on this okay I, I like your I like this theory that this is just the oldest of the lot and it is at maturity. There you have it. You got yeah. some stuff to work with, Alexa. Yeah, that's a hard one. If you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y. And please remember to send in your nominations for the tournament of champion trees. Uh we will start that next episode. That's what I'm talking about. So get those get those submissions in. Now, should we give people a longer amount of time? Yeah, Casey? here's here's what I think we should do. Okay. Uh, you send in your submissions, and we will announce a, another bit of it. We'll say, okay, here's what we got so far, uh, and tell everyone what the stakes are. Then the week following, that's when that's when everything's really gonna gonna go down. Okay. Well, we I, I will say a couple of things. Yeah. We should have done this in March for uh, Mulch Madness, obviously. Um, and it might be good to give people like you know I'll I'll say this we'll keep you up to date on the Instagram yeah because we can update that every day but we only put out an episode once a week exactly yeah so we'll uh we'll we'll make an announcement yeah so keep an eye on the Instagram for 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 all this bullshit <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casey oh man Alex that could be a slogan for our entire podcast <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> You know, we have fun. Uh, what an odyssey we've been on today. Yes, Casey, I'm I'm happy to have talked about this tree. It's uh, it's it's um, you know, it, it got sort of a middling score from you, but mm. I could tell you were you were pulled both ways. And yeah, I'm very torn. I'm yeah. very torn. And sometimes you just gotta play the cones as they're as they land. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta do it. You just gotta see it. You gotta call it as you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. And with that, I didn't mean to end it on a somber note. <laughs> so let's not. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yahoo. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.